The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. If you don't know where to turn in times of crisis, this show may help you. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show is aired on KYAH, AM 540 in Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. Also, the show can be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, tune in to frequency 7.490 WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Anchor, Spreaker, PodPoint, and PodPage. And be sure to visit the website at offgridliving.faith. And I really do appreciate you joining me today. I am going to tell everyone thank you for your prayers and for the notes and letters. I appreciate it and emails. And I am feeling better. My voice is still a little weak, but I've actually been able to put two days worth of work in in a row. And that's the first time I put two days worth of work in in the month of October. I'm talking two full days. And so I've still got hay harvest to do. And really, hay harvest pretty well stops the 15th of September around here. And everybody's put their machinery away, and and they're all done for the year. And I've still got about 30 days worth of haying because I was basically down for a month. And it's not going to put itself up. I know we've had several hard freezes here, and so it's not going to be really high quality. But with the drought we've had, I'm going to be lucky to be able to get through the winter as it is, even with that hay. So I don't have any choice but to really push and try to get this hay up. But anyway, that's kind of an update, but I am feeling better. So thank you very much for all of your thoughts and prayers. And I have a lot to talk about, and this is going to be primarily two shows in one. 
I know lots of times I follow rabbit trails and kind of circle the drain, so to speak, as I'm trying to get to my points. But as I'm trying to explain to you the world events and also some things that we can do to prepare and and I lay out some ways that we can survive and prepare for some of the craziness that I think that's upon us, that I have thoughts coming in that I better get them out or else I'll forget them. And so every once in a while, it gets a little disjointed. But I'm going to try to keep this show really focused on actually two things. I was going to actually just focus on one, but some world events have happened, as they always do, that I think that I have to address. But I'm going to do that in the second half of the show. And what I'm going to do is address the coming war that has really already started. It just hasn't been officially declared yet. It's kind of like the Spanish Civil War back in the late 1930s that was the testing ground for World War II. Ukraine is kind of like the new Spain in that regard. And that lots of things that are happening in Ukraine are just priming the pump for when the real show starts. And I'm afraid that that's on our doorstep. So after the break, I'm going to address those issues. But right now I want to talk about some things that have been on my mind here the last, oh, probably a week or so. I've been doing lots of research. And in my research, there's pop-ups and there's ads and there's all sorts of things on the internet that are really annoying. But there seems to be a whole lot of buy my product and be safe, buy my bundle of food, buy my firearm, buy my plans, buy this, buy that. And it seems like that their sales pitch is nothing but doom and gloom and fear. And they're trying to get people to be dependent on them as far as in their plans of survival. And one guy was technically correct. About everything he said, I do believe is going to happen. But the way he said it was totally over the top. After about a minute, he already had you and your family all dead and everything burned to the ground. And it seemed like he was going way too overboard of making his point, graphically describing what's going to happen to you when you get melted away by a nuclear bomb or if your home is invaded by a bunch of people looking for food and they decide to get rid of you in the process. And we don't need any of that. We don't need any fear. We don't need any fear-mongering. But what we do need is to identify the problem, and then we need to calmly and rationally think our way through this. And so I've been thinking lately, what's the best survival tool we have? Each of us as individuals, what is our best survival tool? What's our biggest asset? Well, the biggest asset you have, and I mean this 100%, The biggest asset you have is yourself. The biggest thing that you have that's an asset to you is your brain. It's your thought process. And then right on the heels of that is your attitude. And so really when we're talking about survival, we can talk about rice and beans and canned meat and everything all day. But what we really need to do is look into our minds and our hearts And get right with God and get right with ourselves and understand that 
everything is going to go on your shoulders. Whether you have a large family or you live alone, everything's going to go onto your shoulders. And it's been said by some very intelligent people, and where I heard this was off of one of Earl Nightingale's teaching tapes that he put out back in the 1960s, is that when humans have problems, the last place that they'll go look is within themselves. They'll try to get someone to think the problem out for them or do it for them. They look for a lifeline. They look outwardly instead of inwardly. And in this day and age, we cannot do that. The world is full of so much deceit right now. The liars and the deceivers and the con artists and the scams are everywhere. And it's even filtering down into small groups like families and also social groups or churches. And so to go out and tell people of your concerns and of your issues you're having and trying to pull other people on board with your situation is the wrong move. Number one, everybody's going through their own situation. And so they're really not going to give a lot of time and effort into your solutions that you need. They may say that they will, but they won't generally. And nobody cares for you as much as yourself. And nobody knows intimately your problems and your issues and the things you need to solve better than you. And so if there's an expert on the planet that you can call on to help you, it's you. I want you to really get your head around that. Because we need to talk about survival in the worst way right now. I'm really sorry that I have to take this program so dark sometimes. I really do not like to do that. But maybe by me shining the light on some of these issues, that I can also give you some hope and give you some light at the end of the tunnel. And that light won't be a train. It'll actually be really good, positive light. Because I really think that all of my listeners are a cut above. Because people who are not thinkers or are lazy or that kind of a person, they don't listen to this kind of a show. And also, I can back that up by all of the cards, letters, emails that I get from my listeners. And I'm humbled by the intelligence that shines through on these cards, letters, and emails. That my audience, they're good people, number one but they're also intelligent. And so it's my opinion that all good people should stick together, and I really do believe my listeners are good people. And I think that we have to use our intelligence, because God gave us the abilities to take care of the most important person to yourself, and that's you. I'm not talking about being selfish and self-centered, but you just have to call it like it is. The most important person to the world to you is yourself. Now, you might say, well, it's my children. Well, I understand that, but you have to care for your children. And if you don't care for you, then you won't be there to care for your children. So it's kind of a connected type of a thing. Now, I'm not saying that you massively far and away are the most important person to you and everyone else is just nothing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that you have to take care of you. And so with that point made, I think that when we're talking survival, Number one, you have to be your own best friend sometimes and cut yourself a break. 
If you're wrong or you fail and you fall on your face, then just stand up, brush the dust off you, and put your face to the wind and keep walking. And it seems that winners never quit and quitters never win. And so never quit, never give up. It doesn't matter if you graduated from some educational facility, such as a high school or higher learning, last year, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 75 years ago, it doesn't make any difference. Because all of the life experience that you gain after you get out of the school system is actually a better education than you ever get in the schools. But most people, they seem to think that they tend to quit learning. Well, if you're one of those people that have kind of quit learning, it's time to start learning again. I think that we have to give ourselves some mental exercise and get ourselves really ready to be able to make some quick, fast decisions, because I think the decisions are upon us, the ones we're going to have to make. It seems like I say that every week, and then another week, and then a month, and then six months goes by, and really nothing happens. And I find myself second-guessing myself, saying, well, why are you talking about this? Because it really hasn't happened. Well, while I do feel that way, I honestly do, through my studies, I can see that history is very closely resembling the pre-stages of World War II, and also World War I, and also the American Civil War. If you know anything about history, you know that wars don't just erupt and people start shooting. Things have to fester, and proof has to be made of one side wronging another, and troops have to be trained, and war materials have to be moved and manufactured, and that's what's happening right now. And I really think that it's going to take an act of God to stop what I think is actually coming. And so, therefore, I think you need to really get yourself ready. Now, how can you get yourself ready? Well, first of all, don't stick your head in the sand and don't assume anything. You're going to have to know what you know and why you know it. And whatever you do, make sure it makes sense to you. Don't just believe something because someone tells you. You're going to have to put your own brain in gear and figure some things out. There's an old saying that goes like this. If it is to be, it's up to me. And I really do believe that that has a lot of truth right now. And also, Shakespeare said it really well, to thine own self be true. And so I think it's time to really focus on getting yourself ready, and so nothing catches you by surprise. One of the things that I do notice a lot of people are addicted to gadgets. They have their faces into smartphones, or they have little ATVs. Instead of walking 100 yards to go do something, they have to get in their little vehicle and drive everywhere. So we have people that are not exercising their body, and they're not exercising their mind. We have people that have those computer aids in the corner of their room, that Alexas and whatever else they're called. And I wouldn't have one in my house, because if you don't like the tech censorship and all the things that are happening on the internet, well, having one of those things in the corner of your room is just having the enemy in your house, as far as I'm concerned. Because who programs that? You have to know that whoever programmed that little thing in the corner of your room, they're going to give you their spin. And also, there are things on the internet that I know that are there that I've studied, 
that a friend of mine has one of these things in the corner, so I thought I would test it out. And I asked it to find this information for me. And it said that the information didn't exist or it wasn't there. And so that little thing in your corner is censoring what it wants to tell you. And it's programmed to tell you certain things that are not so. And so the more we rely on gadgets and technology and machines to do everything for us, we're actually sowing the seeds of our own decay, both physically and mentally. And that's just my opinion. But I think that when the chips are down, you cannot be addicted to these gadgets and be at your best. Also, honestly, I do not trust any of the big tech companies. Don't trust them at all. And I deal with the big tech companies as I research my shows and as I put the shows together and send the files to the radio stations and also to the podcast and video sites. And so I'm relying on this technology myself. But I don't live for the technology. I don't keep current with anything. I have a flip phone. That'll tell you a lot about me right there. And I hardly ever turn it on. I'm just not addicted to having something stuck to my ear. I don't have to be tied to somebody 24-7. And I know several people that they check their email or their texts about every five minutes. Or they have the phone ready in case someone calls. That's no way to live, in my opinion. You can't live on someone else's schedule. You have to make your own schedule. One of the first things I think you need to do is free yourself up from addictions to gadgets. And after the show ID, I'll pick up where I left off. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Now, I know lots of people really love their devices, and they don't know what they do without them. And if you're one of those people, I'm really talking to you. If you don't know what you would do without your device, I'm going to tell you right now, I think you're in trouble. Because if the device goes away through no fault of your own, let's say an EMP or a nuclear war or some big natural disaster that wipes out all the cell towers or what have you, if the internet goes down or the power grid goes off, you've already stated in your mind that you don't know what you would do without your gadget. Think about that. It's like you have to have an umbilical cord connected to your gadget. And if your gadget goes down, the first thing you do is freak out. I've been around a lot of people that have left their phone at the house or in their car or somewhere where they're away from their phone. And these people almost freak out. They're jittery. They're nervous. And about every five or ten minutes, they say, oh, I wish I would have brought my phone. And they don't have their head in the game in what they're doing. And they're not enjoying what they're doing because their thoughts are, I need my phone. I need my phone. In my opinion, that's describing an addiction. And I think that if we're going to survive, we're going to have to get rid of all these addictions to gadgets. Now, I'm not saying get rid of your gadget. I'm not saying that at all. Well, I'm saying that thing in the corner of your room in your house 
that I feel is spying on you, yes, I I would recommend that you send that back to wherever it came from. But it's okay to have your cell phones and other gadgets like that. Don't make it something you have to have or else. So you need to wean yourself off of these devices by purposely shutting them off for 10 and 12 hours at a time. If you could go a day or two without the phone, without sending a text, without calling someone, and you can give yourself a vacation from your phone for however long you decide that, whether it be a couple of hours or a couple of days. Because think about it. You can't look at your problems and issues in your life, and you can't get prepared for surviving catastrophes by constantly having people interrupt you and give you a whole different train of thought. You might be focused on a list that you're putting together that's vital to your survival. And then your phone rings ten times, and by the time you get back to your list, you've forgotten half of it. And so I really think that these gadgets break our concentration. Do you realize that people's attention spans are about the size of a small sound bite that they can put on the radio or television or on the internet? It doesn't seem like people have a large attention span, and they get distracted real easy. In a time that I think you need to be a deep thinker, and you need to be able to really get inside yourself as far as in your own head, to really think about issues that might affect you and how to solve those issues, you need to do it in quiet moments, when you're by yourself. You need to shut that phone off and get rid of all the distractions of the world. Shut the television off, shut the radio off. And just reflect on what you need to do. I know that I'm not talking like a traditional survivalist. Well, I'm really not a traditional survivalist. I'm just a guy that knows how to survive a little bit. And I'm passing on some observations. That there's so many people that are dependent on things. Now these little ATVs out here in ranch country and also in farm country. Almost every farmer and rancher has an ATV, and they'll go buy a new pickup, and then they'll buy a trailer and buy a new ATV, and they'll pull the ATV on a trailer to where they're going, and then they'll unload the ATV and go do their work and then load the ATV back up and haul it home. Where I don't have a real problem with that, because I do understand the handiness and I understand keeping your nice pickup nice, Traditionally, if you had a really nice vehicle, you kept it nice, but instead of trading in your older vehicle, you kept it as your work vehicle. And so gone are the days that the old pickup trucks and things are are out in the fields or people working with them. They're going out and spending another twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars on a trailer and a really fancy ATV. And then they have this big fancy pickup that they don't even want to get a scratch on it. And while if you have the money to do that and that's what you want to do, well, that's more power to you. But people get so dependent on these ATVs that they quit walking, even short distances. And I've had people tell me that they don't know what they do without their ATV. And I don't have one. And I'm not saying I don't like them. I'd like to have one once in a while, but I don't really need one. And people that say, I don't know what I would do without whatever gadget, fill in the blank. Again, they have a problem. And people that and people that get a little older 
and they get out of shape, it's a lot harder to get back in shape. It's real hard to it's real easy to get out of shape, it's real hard to get back in shape. And also the older you get, the less motivated you are to be in tip-top physical condition when it should be just the opposite. I make sure I walk almost everywhere I go on the ranch. And if I have to carry something that's over 50 pounds, well then I'll use a car or pickup to haul it where I'm going, but anything 50 pounds or under, I just carry it. Sometimes I go as much as a half a mile carrying something. I've had people stop and say, what are you doing that for? Just put it in your pickup. I said, no, I'm just getting my exercise. And I was bedridden for two years. And I missed an entire year without going outside. A whole year laying in bed. And I have a lot of ground that I have gained back health-wise just by making myself work a little bit as far as physical. So I think that if we're going to survive this mess, you have to understand these three main points. Number one, the answers are with you. The answers to your personal situation are located inside your mind. And never, ever sell yourself short. And if you do look outside yourself for the answer, make sure that you ask the right people and don't just ask anybody. Ask the people that you really love and trust, the ones that you know are going to give you the best advice. And maybe that advice won't be any good. Maybe you'll take what they said and work with it and refine it and make it something that will work. But you have to be involved all the way. And if it's something that's just totally hopeless, well, nothing is totally hopeless. Just go to God in prayer and ask God to help you with the issues. I can't tell you how great of a plan that is, is to give it to God. And then don't take it back. Once you give it to Him as a problem for Him to solve because you can't solve it, then let Him solve it. And solve it He will. And in due time, He'll reveal it to you, whether it be in a dream or in a random thought. But the answers that you seek will come. I'm going to stray away and talk about some traditional survival methods right now. I honestly think that we're going to have a very cold, hard winter. And some of the events that are happening worldwide, I think, are happening to take advantage of the fact that we're heading into winter. And I really think that after these midterm elections are done, there won't be any need for any politician to go out and try to fake anyone out to get votes. And so I think if the shoe drops, it's going to be either right at the time of casting your ballot or very shortly thereafter. And so if you're not totally prepared for winter, 100% with extra food, extra water, extra blankets, extra fuel, you better do that within the next two weeks. And with the diesel crisis upon us, I think it might be a good idea to, if you have a diesel vehicle, to have a way to store enough diesel that you can at least function for a couple of weeks. Now with me, I've really changed my habits of where I travel to and what I buy and how much I spend. And I think that everyone else is kind of doing the same thing. That's why we're seeing the retailers all getting into trouble is that people don't have the money to buy anything. I know I certainly don't. 
And so what I've been doing is concentrating on being able to make things myself, for myself. And I'm revisiting the old ways, the ways of my ancestors and of the generations that really knew how to survive, where survival was just an everyday occurrence. And they would look at the way we live, and they'd just shake their head, and they'd, they'd say, what are you worried about? Look at all the things you have and all the options you have. And so we are living in an era that if we don't make it through this mess, then some of the blame has to go back onto ourselves for not understanding that we had to get really with it and learn what we needed to learn. And most importantly, when you need to learn it. And the things I'm talking about are canning and baking your own bread and foraging for food and things like that. You need to become an expert at everything that's actually non-tech. You do realize that before the internet, the world functioned just fine. It functioned differently, but it functioned just fine. You do realize that in 1840, the world functioned just fine. Totally different technology and different lifestyle, but the world still functioned. The main difference between all these eras I'm talking about is the speed of which things happen. You know, 1840 looked an awful lot like 1790, and it looked quite a bit like 1880. But we don't look much like we did in 1980. And it seems like that every year, time speeds up a little bit. Technology just races on. And so it may be a little bit harder for us to adjust backwards as far as learning how to do everything yourself. If you know how to make your own butter and your own mayonnaise and your own cheese and know how to can everything and you know how to grow your own food and you have some chickens and you do things like that, If possible, if you can have animals even more than that, goats or calves or sheep or something, if you have the ability to do something, if you have the property to have a few animals, I highly would recommend you do so. But before you just run out and buy any animals, make sure you research it out and understand how much they eat and find out if there's going to be any shortages in that kind of a feed that you're going to plan to use. Like this year, there's not going to be a lot of extra hay in the country. And so if you do buy a milk cow or some goats or something, understand that you're going to be paying a premium for hay this year. So there are things you have to think out. You can't just shoot from the hip and just have an urge and go say, oh, I think I'm going to wake up this morning and go buy a milk cow. If you do wake up in the morning and think you want to buy a milk cow, well, then it's not time to start buying. It's time to start researching. And let the thought mature for a week or two, and then maybe you'll talk yourself out of it, or maybe you'll solidify your decision and say, that's the best decision that I could make right now. But that's what I'm talking about, is is getting everything together, getting your thought process together, and that will help you get everything else together. Because right now, we're living in the most scattered period of time that I think the world's ever been in. Such turmoil and chaos everywhere. And so if you can grab a hold of the fact that you have to be the general, and also you have to be the soldier too. You're everything from the buck private all the way up to the commander-in-chief. That's you. And so you have to be able to do all the duties in between. You have to be self-motivated. You have to be able to get the work done. You're going to have to have the talent and the skill to actually do the work. 
And if you don't have the talent or the skill, don't hire it done, buckle down, change your learning curve, and learn how to do it. Learn a skill. I think that it's vital that we engage in our own lives, solving problems in our own life. I really think we have to do that right now. And it's one of my main goals of this show is to help people become more self-sufficient. And the way you're going to become totally self-sufficient is if you can solve your own problems and don't look outside of yourself for the answers. And on the other side of the break, I'll be back and I'm going to talk about some world events that I think that we all should be aware of. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to this show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea.
Welcome back to part two of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, and I'm going to talk about some world events right now that are very troubling. Now, I've got to say right off the top that I'm a one-man show. I do all the recording, all the editing, all the distribution, the works. I don't have any help whatsoever. I don't have any helpers. I don't have any reporters, or I don't have anything like that. It's just me. And also, I'm out here with a herd of cows and my cow dogs and a few barn cats. And as far as I can tell, none of these critters out here really know or care much about world events. And so I'm not in a position to quote-unquote know things as far as firsthand. And so when I talk about world events, I'm talking very much from a layman's point of view, but I do hours and hours of research. And I do listen to other radio talk shows, and I listen to different podcasts, and also I watch some videos from certain people that have a good track record of being right. And it's the people that I can really trust, the ones that are really trying to be Paul Revere and get the word out. And there's a few that I don't trust quite as much that I do listen to them from time to time. And there's a few online journalists as far as print that I read their printed stories. And so the sources that I use are basically other people in the New Truth Media. And I would say the track record of trustworthiness is pretty high and accuracy rate is pretty high. It's not 100% on either case. But it seems like that the people in the new media have a much better idea of what the common person is thinking and what the common person needs to know. And so when I talk about world events, I want you to know that I don't have any sources. I just hear all these reports, and then I think about them for a day or two, and then I start coming to conclusions of what all of this information means. And I also have to ask myself, is it true? Do I believe it? And I'm going to start with that. Everything that I'm going to tell you here, I do believe is going to happen. And so I want you to be prepared. But it seems like Every week, I come and say that war is getting closer. And now I think that it's right at our doorstep. Because Russia is accusing the UK government of sabotaging the Nord Stream pipelines and also having their navy involved in the damage to some Russian ships. Lots of people have said, well, that's just Russia blustering. They don't have any proof. Well, there are people out there that do have sources and have access, and they try their best to get the word out. And again, since they're smaller podcasts or smaller broadcasters, it's not common knowledge. And I think this is important enough that I pass this along. You do know that Liz, the prime minister there in Great Britain, she resigned. She only lasted 40 some days, and then she resigned. Well, the word is out that. The British government were indeed part of that terrorist attack, and it is a terrorist attack of vandalism that did happen. Some people would say it's an act of war, but I'd say it's more of an act of terrorism at this point. But the Russians can prove that the Prime Minister of UK called Mr. Blinken of the Biden administration and told him that it was done. And, and that's all the message said. It's done. And the message happened through an iPhone one minute after the explosion. Now, is that proof of anything? 
Well, it's suspicious, but Russia has a lot more proof. And then also, Norway and Sweden not allowing any Russian investigators, and Norway and Sweden not allowing Russia to investigate the pipeline that they laid, which is actually their property, is pretty telling. But what's really damning about this is that I do believe through all of the things that I've read and all the different anecdotal evidence that tells me that Russia does have hard proof and that they're going to act. Something's going to happen. Something's got to give here. Because you can't have one country attacking another country without having something happen back. That's just the nature of warfare. But the real shame in the whole thing is, other than this massive war is going to kill countless numbers of innocent people, is the fact that Germany right now is going to desperately need fuel for this winter. And the reason that the pipeline was blown up wasn't so much because Russia was in Ukraine, but it's because Germany was contemplating buying oil and natural gas from Russia because the people in Germany are getting really upset with the government because the people in Germany have it pretty well figured out that they've been had and they're being used as pawns just like we are here. And the government was about to cave to the demands of the people. And so something had to be done to make sure that that oil and natural gas was not purchased from Russia. And so they had to get rid of the vehicle, so to speak, that allowed all of this product to go from Russia into Europe. And so this sabotage was as much anti-German as it was anti-Russian. So things are getting really dicey. Things are getting more interconnected. And another thing that was interconnected is that there's a shipping lane that was freed up so Ukrainian grains could go be exported to people that needed the grain. And what was really sad about it is that the whole idea was sold to Russia to allow this to happen, that people were going to be starving in the third world countries. But the vast majority of the ships went to Europe. Only a handful went to Africa and places that really need that grain. And so that was our politicians again at work, not telling the truth. And then they used that same open sea lane to send drone kamikaze ships to go blow up some Russian ships. And so Russia has closed all the exportation. They no longer have a safe sea lane. And so all of that has stopped. Now, does that hurt Russia? Not at all, because the grain was coming from Ukraine. But what that really does do is it seals the fate of, number one, our food prices are going to go higher, and number two, massive famines in Africa and South America, Central America, all the third world countries that were relying on getting some shipments of grain. But Europe had already skimmed off the top the vast majority of that grain, which in itself is a crime. Now, why am I talking about all this? It's because I think that World War III is at our doorstep. I hope that history proves me wrong. But I do know that I have to be a Paul Revere here. And I have to tell you that this is coming. 
and there's things happening behind the scenes that none of us could possibly know anything about, and there's probably some diplomacy going on that we know nothing about, and there's probably some preparations for war that we know nothing about as well. But the way things stand right now is that the United Kingdom has become a terrorist nation because they're doing basically the exact same thing that ISIS and all of these terror organizations in the Mideast were doing. So they're sending drones with bombs on them and are also destroying property and things like that that are a vital infrastructure type of a thing. And some people might say, well, Russia deserves it because they invaded Ukraine. Well, if you back up to the Obama presidency, the British intelligence and also the CIA led a color revolution in Ukraine. And they had a coup against that government, and they put in people who were friendly to the West. And the first thing they did was start poking the bear and start talking about joining NATO and putting nuclear weapons facing towards Russia inside of Ukraine. And there's other issues that are just as big. I don't want to get into them. But there are reasons why Ukraine has been invaded by Russia. That doesn't make Russia the good guy. But I don't think there is a good guy. I think they're potentially both bad guys. I don't think we're dealing with one side's good, one side's bad. But just the mere fact that all of our governments have decided to put all their eggs in the basket of helping Ukraine is very suspect because nobody cared anything about Ukraine until just recently. And the thing that happened recently was the coup that they had back in 2014, I believe. And then since then, Many, they haven't found them all yet, there's dozens, of secret chemical labs, bioweapons type facilities, are all over Ukraine. And also a lot of money and child smuggling and drug trafficking, and a lot of that comes through Ukraine, with the help of the Ukrainian government, which was installed by the West. And so the plot here is a lot bigger than Ukraine good, Russia bad, or Russia good, Ukraine bad. There's a lot of nations that have been involved in this conflict. And right now it's a proxy war. But soon it's going to not be a proxy war. Because Russia is now starting to lay out their proof. And I can tell you right now the rank and file British people want nothing to do with the war with Russia. And the average British citizen doesn't like the fact that a pipeline was destroyed simply because Germany might buy some oil and gas from Russia. And so the average citizens, the ones that are caught in the middle, I guess they call us collateral damage, are pretty much in unison. I've read some things from Russian sites and also some Russian different, what I call free media, and none of them are for war. They're really critical of what's happening. And I just got through reading one of the sites where, where someone in Russia said the same thing, is that the common people have no say-so here. We're just being used as pawns. And we have the global elites all over the world that are wanting to control different aspects of the world, and they just don't have any regard for the common people. 
and I really agree with that statement. And so people are people no matter where they are, whether they're in Asia or Africa or North America, it doesn't make any difference. People are people. And most people just want to live their life and do the best they can. But we have a bunch of power-hungry elitists, globalists, Satanists, that are hell-bent on starting a war. And I really think that the war is going to happen this year. I don't know when. I'm not going to try to say it's going to be next week. And it might not be this year. It might be next year. There's been way too many things happen that have not been rectified, have not been addressed, that when they are addressed, I think they're going to be addressed with bullets, not diplomacy. Because it seems like right now, all of these countries are just rushing to try to make this war happen. Every day there's another country that does something or says something that is very suspect, makes me think that they really do want to have a war. It's just my opinion, but through my research, I think that all the Western countries are broke. I think they're woke and they're broke, and I don't think there's a coincidence that they're both. And really, the only way that the United States and some of these other nations are going to be able to get rid of their debt is if they have this huge, massive war. Now, wars are expensive, but I do know that lots of people make billions of dollars on war. And it seems like ever since George Bush the first got into office, we've been in a state of perpetual war. And President Eisenhower warned us about the industrial-military complex. Well, in my opinion, the military-industrial complex is in charge of everything right now. And I think they're part of the World Economic Forum. And I think that they're part of all these different groups. And all of these globalist groups don't care anything about you or me. And so they're not trying to avoid a war. As a matter of fact, I think they want to thin the herd. And that's been a theme of my show, is that I think that we're experiencing a mass genocide right now. And a side note, I just read about three more people who were in their 20s that got the latest COVID booster shot, and they died within 24 hours of taking their booster shot. They had heart attacks. And also, it's been documented that they're having massive herd loss as far as deaths in their cattle because of the gene therapy drugs that they're introducing to cattle. And it's killing 18% of them right on the spot. And so if you connect all the dots, you can see that there's things happening to try to give us unrest in the world, to try to give us famine in the world, and to try to get the world at war, get everybody at everyone's throats. And so that's why I did the first half of the show the way I did, to get mentally prepared for everything that's coming, but trust yourself, trust your gut. And make yourself the person you need to be. Get in mental shape and physical shape and get prepared. In the second half of the show, I just had to talk about the fact that the Russians are now getting proof of this covert war that's being waged against them is actually happening. They're starting to name names and name dates. And and you have to understand that we, the common people, are only hearing a fraction of what's really going on. But get yourself mentally prepared 
for one of the worst events in the history of mankind, if not the worst event in the history of mankind. And so get right with God and get yourself right and prepare yourself in all ways. This is Jim Calhoun, and I know lots of people out there don't own a computer, and others have no access to the internet, and so the only way they hear the show is by radio, and this offer is for you. I have three different lessons that I offer. Lesson one is how to successfully go off-grid, either all the way or partially. Lesson number two is how to forage for plants, for food, and medicinal purposes. And before I end the show, I wanted to do an update on some of the things that I'm seeing as far as in nature that are, let's just say, odd. And I'm not seeing anything that's really normal this year. Now, I know we've had a very bad drought year, and I know that the dust and the dirt and the hot wind really does affect all of the small creatures. I do understand that. But also... I live only about a hundred yards from a pretty large river, and it's bottomland. And so bottomland along a river generally does not get affected as much as the upland type of ground. And I've only seen a handful of turtles. I've seen maybe five toads. Just things just aren't normal. Now in a normal year, I would see hundreds of turtles and hundreds of toads, if not thousands. And also... The monarch butterflies never did show up, and they normally do. And I'm noticing that the flocks of birds are really small. They're starting to gather for their migration, but there just isn't any numbers. And normally, along this river bottom, we have lots of hawks and owls and birds of prey of all types. And I've not seen one sparrowhawk this year, and normally we have hundreds of sparrowhawks. And I haven't seen any sparrowhawks. I haven't seen any golden eagles. I haven't seen very many red-tailed hawks. And only a few owls. And each summer, at night, the screech owls can be amazingly loud. And if you don't know what they are, they can be very unnerving. Because they're very persistent and loud little owls. They sound very similar to a female human screaming. And when I was a young boy, I remember I ran into the house and told my dad that there was some women out along the river that must be getting hurt because they were screaming. So my dad ran out of the house and he heard the screech owls and he started to laugh and he said, well, I guess I've never told you about screech owls. And so that's how I learned about screech owls. And normally the screech owls are horrible. I mean, as far as they're just constant. This year I have not heard one. So definitely there's something going down, not only with the politics and all that garbage that our government and the governments of the world are putting their people through, but there's also a lot of evil afoot against nature. It's not caused by the normal run-of-the-mill person. The landowners are not doing it, and the people that are out enjoying the public places like the lakes and the wildlife refuges and things like that, they're not destroying it either. But today, I woke up to the sound of helicopters circling the river, and they had spray booms on them. And the helicopters just fly in big patterns, and they just go in circles, and they go really low, and they spray. They say they're spraying the plants that 
are not native, that they're trying to get rid of all of the non-native plants. But I'm here to tell you they're killing everything along the river. And for the next 10 to 15 years, all that's going to grow is thistles and sandburrs. It's absolutely criminal. But I thought it was time I gave an update on that situation. Well, I hope that someone got something from this program today. I hate to bring negative news, but we do have some positives. Number one, we have a very powerful God that loves us, and we have the ability to go to that God in prayer. And so I think that each and every one of us needs to be in daily prayer, and we need to give some of these situations to God and ask God for his guidance and for his help. And that alone is the best advantage that anyone in the world could have. And so there is light there. And also, if you're physically and mentally prepared, if you're physically prepared as far as being in shape and having all the food and water and extra medicine and things that you need to have, you have all that ready. And then you have your mind totally ready. Then when situations start really getting bad, you likely will be one of the survivors because you will have thought things through. You will have the mental capacity and the attitude of someone who will survive. And that's what I'm trying to impart on you in this show and to try to help give you some extra tools to help you survive what I think is going to happen. If you like the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show and you think it's worthwhile, then I would ask that you please consider donating to keep this show on the air. And it's only through your contributions that this show gets produced and distributed. And all donations would be greatly appreciated. You would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska. The zip code is 69143. And again, all donations are very much appreciated. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Everyone, keep your chin up. Everyone, keep a good, positive mental attitude. Keep your powder dry. Stay safe. But most important, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.